Hi, my name is Sean Shaler, and this is my friend Chris Ford, aka The Objective Geek, and he can be found on Twitter at, uh, I already forget, it's The Objective underscore Geek, <laughs> is that it? I gotta no, get this at Objective underscore Geek. Objective underscore Geek. I gotta get out of the way right away, right away, or I'll never remember it by the end. By the, by the end, it's past my bedtime, ready to go take a nap, and it just, everything's out of my head. So yeah, that's Chris Ford, he's The Objective Geek. Uh, I'm Sean Shaler, and I'm not really active on Twitter, but you can visit my website, seanshaler.com. Yeah, have your own website. I have my own website that's mostly a a static page with a picture of my face on it that I don't really (laughs) use as much as I should, but I'm still proud to have a website. And we're here with another episode of Avatar The Last Podcasters. We're on episode 14, so book one water, episode 14. It's called The Fortune Teller. But before we kick into that, first of all, Chris, how are you doing today? Doing great. Excellent. I've been in, I've been so enthralled into Avatar Universe lately. It's uh, just me and my daughter have been watching a lot. We have finished watching Korra, and uh, she has some strong opinions on stuff. I really love it. Like, <laughs> like she's like, oh, you're such a chip off the old block. I just. <laughs> Just love you so much. She's already <laughs> voicing her reasons, opinions on cartoon but... shows. I think that's tremendous. I don't know if I had opinions yeah, just... at her age. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I did, no, I but didn't. if I couldn't, like not not on cartoons, it's I probably couldn't like, I didn't vocalize have opinions them. when I backed them up. <laughs> Even yeah, if she's I had like, opinions, so she likes Cora more than Avatar: Last Airbender. I did ask her. Interesting. Um... <laughs> And her favorite season of Korra is probably the least favorite season of a lot of people, which is a uh, book two spirits. Oh, uh, Ooh, yeah. But I different. get get why she loves that because that that season is all about like big overarching evil thing versus the greatest good and in, in humanity. Like it's high level. It's really easy to um, digest. Maybe it's a little um, more concrete loves... or a little less abstract yeah. in the sense of her grasping it. Well, that's cool though. Yeah. Good for her. That's excellent, the fact like, that we, she we, recognizes that. Like, after we got done with Korra, she was like, I want to watch Korra again. I want to watch book two. And she says book two. Like, <laughs> she... She's not into seasons. She talks about it yeah, in yeah. books. Yes, yes. Um, she's like, I just want to watch um, the first Avatar and then Darkness Falls, which is the episode title. <laughs> I do not uh, know episode titles. I might better after we finish all of this podcast. I might, uh, but yeah. I do not know episode titles whatsoever. But uh, it's funny yeah, to I think know all of, the episode titles to Avatar. Thinking of me at her age, I was almost completely, completely Looney Tunes. Like I had a thing for just the, uh, I guess the the wider environment of Looney Tunes, not not specifically a character or anything. But even in, at that point, it'd be like, hey, I want to see the Looney Tunes where they find the abominable snowman in the Himalayas. <laughs> Not like the name of the episode or why I liked it or anything. I just wanted to see the abominable snowman. <laughs> it's just impressive to see a small yeah. child. Uh, is she six? Yes. She's six years yeah. old. Yeah. It's impressive to see a small child grasp that concept. Yeah. Um, also impressive that you were already pretty immersed in the Avatar universe. Uh, but if you're anything like me, we do this podcast that, like, what, five people watch every week? Now, I'll give us some credit. Like, 10 to 20-ish <laughs> people watch, yeah. uh, give or take. And yet, uh, so it really doesn't mean much in that sense. But just doing the podcast and having the conversation, it kind of builds up my 
my motivation or my ambition or just general excitement about yeah. the show. Like I could just go watch it anytime, but it's like, nah, we're doing this and it gets me all amped up. So uh, it gets me really excited. And on that note, I actually have a couple more pieces of news and nonsense. Uh, well, Hey, first actually any, uh, have you published any videos in the last two weeks on movie reviews? I think you've done uh, I several I actually. Oh, I have a, I have a Creed 2 review. And uh, to sum it up, it is uh, this great directing, some great acting, some okay action scenes. It is the most predictable movie I have seen since um, the fake Avatar movie with the blue people. Um, it, <laughs> That's it is the Gordy Weaver Avatar movie, than, right? Yeah. It's more predictable than that. Um, and so I knock it down a few pegs for its predictability. But it's a, it's a good movie. I, I don't I have no problem knocking down pegs for predictability, but it is not always a bad thing. Not always bad. Um, excellent. And then is that the only one you've done? I think last time we talked about the Mark Wahlberg movie. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, uh, I am going. Oh, and to... I did not. I did oh, see. Uh, I didn't make a review of it, but I did see Fantastic Beast. Oh yeah, have, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that was. It's my least favorite Harry Potter movie. Definitely. Of the, I think you probably like it a lot more than I do. I might like it relatively more than you do, but not maybe relative to the rest of the series. Like of the, of the ten mm. movies that have been produced, it might be number ten for me. I still liked it, but uh, in terms of where you have it placed or ordered, I don't really have a qualm with that at all. No, it just yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely number ten for me too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have to think pretty hard because seems... I really hated Deathly Hallows Part One. I was so bored. But I understand why it's necessary. But nine or ten, like I get, I get what you're saying there. Yeah, it just it just seemed pretty redundant from the first movie. It was like, oh, we gotta find credence, or we gotta find this thing, and then yeah, so it's just like a redo of of, of the first one almost. Nothing but then like, really oh, the happened. last I did I did really like the last thirty minutes of the movie. Um, it was just way more grander, and we finally started pushing the story forward which did not really happen for the first three-fourths of the movie. I can, um, it I just can also like, agree with that. Yeah, it was just, it just seemed like a lot of useless story going on. Like, and Newt's commander just seems very useless. Like, come on, we don't care about you, Newt. We just want to get to Dumbledore and Grindelwald and that stuff. Like, we don't, <laughs> like, I don't know where he comes in. It's not that he couldn't have played a very important role, but yeah, we've we've talked a little bit about it. It's kind of weird that it feels like they've, just from the title and the way that he's used in the movies, feels like they're building up this whole series around him, but that's not what we care about yeah. or what we want whatsoever. Like, we would have been just fine with, like, a Crimes of Grindelwald series or whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah, just... Just crime or just Grindelwald, like, seven movies of just Grindelwald or whatever. They, I don't... So, they should have leaned in hard on the Dumbledore. Yeah, that's what we really want to see, I think. Um, not that Newt's commander is a bad character, but like it feels like the whole series no, is he's... built around him, but it's not. Or at least it shouldn't yeah, he's be. He's not a bad character, really, at all. He's a very interesting guy, and the actor, I forget his name, Redmayne? Uh, Eddie Redmayne. Redmayne. Yes. He's kind of strange, but I don't mind him at all. So, yeah, I agree completely. Like I said, I probably like it more than you in the grand scheme of things, but... I totally have no issues with where you're putting it in the list and why um but regardless fantastic beasts if you're a harry potter fan you're gonna watch it anyway and that's totally cool 
And uh, so I keep talking about it. At some point, I am going to attempt to get our audio only <laughs> on iTunes and Google nice. Play. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm going to give it a concentrated effort. And I've been re-motivated because I saw an article about some other guys almost exactly like us. Uh, not an article, like their <laughs> blog post. It's a podcast I listen to. And it's like their blog post about the same thing. Like, hey, nobody's listening to us. And so we put it on iTunes, Google Play, and still nobody listens to us, but we feel good about it. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I want. Um, so I, maybe over the holidays here, I assume that maybe our video schedule might might not be super consistent for the next month. Uh, but maybe during that time, I'll do some investigation. And then uh, finally, Chris, Christmas wish list. Uh, anything Avatar related on your wish list this year? Um, No. I have all the Avatar stuff I need. Um, kind of want some more statues. There's a nice Wonder Woman statue that's $50. I already have a nice like Wonder Woman collection going on right now. And so I might not want to disturb that balance. And <laughs> like, these are legit thoughts. They have like that, team like... chemistry on your shelf. Yeah, you wanna... yeah because right now... You don't want to like bring in... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference yeah. Carmelo Anthony once every single week. You don't want to bring in like a Carmelo Anthony on your shelf. Ruin the chemistry exactly. up there. It's about the same height as the tallest Wonder Woman there. And so it's just going to throw things off. And then this side, there'll be nothing there. Uh, you but... know, Chris, I got to be honest. I would not mind another tall Wonder Woman on that left side. Kind of in, in the gap between the well, two comics on the middle and the left. I would be okay with that. I think that's good. Yeah, but then, but then the other... But then that that section isn't like a section for just Wonder Woman. It's a section for like other DC heroes. So then it's going to throw off the balance. Things I love the statue and it's very affordable. Nerd. <laughs> it's only fifty dollars and it's like a nine inch statue. All right, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's I feel like that's um, typically in the, I feel like that's typically in the eighty ninety dollar range at nine inches, right? That's pretty. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, for we're talking like polyurethane plastic in that case, right? Yes, yeah. Um, well, yeah, PVC. Uh, that is a that's a great Christmas wish list item. I'm not gonna get it for you, but that's a great item. Good thinking. <laughs> the only thing, uh, the only reason I brought this up is for two reasons. One is that I got uh, I did get the Cora uh, the DVDs for my birthday because they were all of like fifteen dollars or something like that, ludicrously cheap. And I still have my PS2 under my television, so a lot of times I still watch DVDs on my PlayStation 2 <laughs> because I'm permanently stuck in the year 2002. Uh, but then also, this will be mostly irrelevant to anybody else that hears this, but you'll think it's funny. I finally bought a brand new cell phone, a brand new smartphone, and I bought it. And I thought, <laughs> of all people that would be proud of me because he's seen all the bad phones I've had, it would be you. Um, I is still. It, a, it is not is an expensive nice phone. phone. I don't even know. I don't even want to tell you what it is. Okay. It, is <laughs> it is a good phone. I would recommend it to anybody who wanted a, a very high quality phone for a very low cost. But I don't even want to say what it is because then you'll look it up and you'll know how much I didn't spend on my phone. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I had the same phone when I left Payless. Um, so what's that? <laughs> like almost two years. Not well, a year and two thirds. And I bought that phone used on eBay for 50 bucks. <laughs> and then finally, Heather's like, what do you want for your birthday? And then later that day, I dropped my phone and broke it. So I had to get a new phone for my birthday. <laughs> so interesting birthday. But anyways, I did get the Legend of Korra series. 
And at some point, one of these weekends when there's no good football in, in between now and bowl season, I'm just going to like just burn through all the avatar and all the cores just so I have a whole, a whole oh, frame of reference. I'm, 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 I'm starting to be in a camp that core is just as good of a show as, as avatar. I mean, I'm, I'm not completely there yet, but it's, I'm, in my rewatching, I'm getting closer there. Although I'm going to rewatch Avatar again and probably be like, nope, Avatar is better. So, I I will reserve judgment until because I've only seen Korra the whole way through one time. I've seen Avatar the whole way through two and a half times, and so I am biased. I will go out on a limb and say I think in Korra the highest highs are going to be better and bigger and more exciting, but the lowest lows are going to be, uh, you know, more boring. Like the the seasons of Korra See, that I, I don't... don't like, I think I'm going to. They're going to be like my least favorite seasons of the whole shindig. I think episode wise, I think Avatar actually has more lower lows than Korra. But uh, uh, I'm thinking more in terms of, of, of let's call them seasons, like of, individual books. Uh, um, I yeah. think the the ones that the two in particular that I don't like from Korra and I won't talk about them now. I think those will still end up being my least favorite, but that doesn't mean that I may not move more towards that side of liking Korra more overall because I, the yeah. seasons that I do like are so big and grand and powerful that yeah um, I'll reserve judgment for now but I'm going to burn through it all one of these weekends here so I'm a big college football fan and this weekend is it this weekend or next week? One weekend we have all these makeup games for the hurricane that uh, cancel a lot of the games the first week it might be like this weekend where they have to make up a lot of those games um, and that'd be a bad weekend to watch football but that might be next weekend too. I don't know because it might be both, it might be a conference championship weekend. I don't really remember. My team's terrible, so I don't have to pay too much attention at this point. Yeah. Uh, Any anyway, hey, great. I don't pay attention to college or anything. I love college football, but that's all right. Um, that's a uh, Chris good segue there on bad Avatar episodes because I don't really like this one all that much. Um, oh, I shouldn't say that yet, Chris. <laughs> any cleanup from last week? <laughs> Dang it! Uh, I thought it was a I'm great not, segue. Uh, that was great. Uh, last time's video, I think I did have some trouble getting some of the background noise out of it, but nothing too crazy. Nothing I can really do about it. Um, I think we got it cleaned up this week. I think you sound better already, so that's good. Go in the right direction. Um, and then I, I forgot. I jumped way ahead. I thought I thought you had a great segue, and I left way way too far ahead. Synopsis: We just uh, we just did the Blue Spirit, which was somewhere in the Earth Kingdom. There's a Fire Nation compound, and so Aang... Agreed on the term stronghold. Stronghold. That's a way better term anyway. Yeah, compound sounds way worse. Stronghold sounds better. Mm -hmm. And then so Aang's trying to um, find these frozen frogs that are supposed to heal Sokka and and Katara because they have a terrible feverish cold. And then he's captured, and he's brought into this stronghold, and then this mysterious blue spirit rescues him from this stronghold and it turns out to be spoiler alert turns out to be suko um that has so little to do with this episode there's like no transition <laughs> to this episode whatsoever which i mean it's a cartoon there doesn't have to be uh, but it's a totally different you don't even need to know that all you really need to know here is that we are still in the earth kingdom we're kind of out in the wilderness wandering around and then they stumble on a man being attacked by a platypus bear and that is the intro to this episode um, sorry. I guess there's they don't stumble onto the platypus bear immediately. First, we get this little cute scene with Aang being all smitten with Katara, and it's pretty adorable. 
Yeah, they're planting plan more of these seeds. Aang makes her not a betrothal necklace, but a replacement betrothal necklace because she lost hers like three or four episodes ago. It's been uh, a few, yeah. Earth Kingdom episode, yeah. or the uh, Earthbender episode where they're on the, the rig in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, been a few episodes. Ago. The, really? the great coal uh, is Earth debate. That one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then... Um, um, yeah, so Aang, Aang makes her another patrol of the necklace, and then Aang almost gets friend zoned here. Almost? Like, he wasn't completely friend zoned. I think he almost. He definitely. If, if she said, <laughs> her words were, Aang is like a cute little guy. A little funny guy? No, she cute said guy. he's like a Momo cute little here. guy, just like Momo. She compared him to their pet monkey. If that's not being friend zoned, okay, but... I don't know what is. <laughs> It's it's close. I mean, he would have been completely there if she was like, "Oh, Ang is like my brother." Right, so that's way worse. she didn't say that. That's way worse. Yeah, yeah that's fair. But Aang, if she had said like, "Oh, Ang is like you know a silly little brother," like that would have been like, "Dang, no more Airbenders at all." <laughs> Fine, I'll give you that, But she compared him to a monkey. That's that's where I'll leave right, my argument. Yeah. A pet monkey. It's not what. I... <laughs> a flying rat. <laughs> uh but Aang did not mind. He did not like I don't like I don't remember if there's any facial expressions or anything. Yeah. It's not like we saw his face and he was like, Oh man, I'm friend zone. I don't think it was supposed to be that way. I'll give you that much. Yeah. Uh yeah, they come across a guy who's like fighting a platypus bear. Just casually they dodging. All come up with, yeah. Just yeah, because he's not worried at all. No. And then afterwards, no. when the Platos bear goes away and the opposite goes away, he's like, "Oh, Aunt Wu told me that I will be safe." Um, and then pretty much she tells him about the fortune teller, and he gives him an umbrella. And then it rains. <laughs> and then Sokka, this, I mean, I, I like this episode for for a lot of people, um, for a lot of characters, but <laughs> it's, it's, it just supports that Sokka's like negativity. And stuff will be the doom of him. <laughs> like, he's always pessimistic, and, and narc. No, he's not narcissistic. That's not the word I'm looking for. Um, so it starts raining, and then umbrella. He's like, "Oh, anyone can predict that." Guess what? I'm gonna make a prediction now. It's going to keep drizzling, and then the rain just stops. I will. And then Anger says, "Not everyone has the gift." I will say it's not that I. How do I? How do I word it? I don't care for the subject matter of the episode and that affected that it affects my judgment. I don't think it's a bad episode necessarily, uh, but a lot of my negativity comes from, I don't care. I tend to be a lot more like Sokka in this. I connected <laughs> with Sokka in this episode. Um, I do have to step back just a second and it's not important at all. It's just one of those things I think is hilarious. Uh, one of the comedy points that I thought did hit really well is at the beginning they're giving him all this advice about how to get rid of the platypus bear. They're like, make lots of noise and then play dead and then crawl up a tree and wave at him and wave your arms. And like, they're all just <laughs> and shouting to him. Zigzags. And running zigzags. <laughs> and it just sounded like a Bear Grylls episode. <laughs> and uh, so that one hit home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not related to anything. It's just, a, there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of humorous quips in this episode that I, Kind of hit or miss for me personally, but oh, this I did. Episode, I think I did I like this that one. Hilarious. Ah, that's fine. That's fine. There are a lot of humorous quips. Yeah, how they how they hit everybody might be different. 
But anyway, it's it is a funny episode. Mm-hmm. I will give it that. And so, uh, yeah, he uh, tells so them about Aunt Wu, and then they yeah. they end up going into town to meet this Aunt Wu, and they get to her shop and meet this little girl named Meng. Yeah, and so she clearly is infatuated with Aang immediately because Aunt Wu told her that. Yeah, immediately. Um, the, I found Mang really funny also in <laughs> her and Aang's interactions or lack thereof. Um, like her first interaction with him was like, what's your name, Aang? Oh, that rhymes with Mang. And you do have big ears, don't you? And then Sokka's like, and Aang is like, uh, yeah, I guess. And then Sokka's like, hurt. don't be modest. Your ears are huge. I wonder if in a certain culture that having large ears is very offensive because this is like uh, there's a couple episodes back where they made fun of Sokka's ears and like elephants get together yeah. and make fun of how big your ears are like somewhere out there there's a culture that's yeah. like well that's too low that's too low <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what culture that is but surely somebody takes serious offense to ear jokes yeah so uh so they they all meet Aunt Lou um Katara goes and has her fortune told by Aunt Lu, and uh, so she tells him that she will marry a powerful bender. That's the biggest thing out of the fortune. And uh, and Aang overhears it because Aang, oh wait, he creeps also, on him. Yeah, comedy. Yeah, he creeps on her, but to get away, he tells Saga he has to go to the bathroom. So he he hears uh, Katara's fortune that she'll marry a powerful bender. So that makes Aang feel good because Aang knows that he's a powerful bender. I mean, he's the avatar. So he comes back looking all like walking in stride and happy. And Sokka's like, what did Sokka say? You said like, I can't remember the quote, but. Oh, must have been a good trip to the bathroom or something like that. Yeah. On and that was way. Like, yeah. And in there and what happened in there is like, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I just like a lot of the comedy in this episode. Uh, I think it's maybe uh, not overarching. I think a lot of the comedy maybe isn't quite as clever as some of the other comedy throughout the series but there is a lot of it in the episode and it's it's a very lighthearted episode which is good because we've had some pretty serious ones here recently good yeah. balance good balance and maybe they purposely because the thing is you could have planned this episode anywhere uh and maybe they're like dang after this it really year, yeah it's totally disconnected maybe, yeah yeah we should we should maybe bring down the uh the, the dourness it, we've had a few episodes in a row here that are uh, not that they end totally negative or the positive endings, but just very yeah, kind yeah. of deep, pensive, uh, more yeah, deep, darker, yeah, darker themes. So yeah, it's a good break it from that. Yeah, and then uh, between Ang and Katara's <laughs> fortune, she, <laughs> Sokka's like, ah, whatever, let's get this over with, and then, <laughs> and then before he keep walking, she's like. You will die miserably or alone. You will live miserably throughout the rest of your days uh, or bring yourself a bunch of misery. Uh, Most of it self inflicted. Inflicted. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, How did you tell that you didn't even read my palms? (laughs) It's written all over your face. The thing is, like, and and the thing about Aunt Wu's predictions is that they are fairly correct. like, if we watch Legend of Korra, spoiler alert, we don't know what happens to Sokka. Sokka doesn't have any... We know Sokka doesn't have any kids, so we, we might have didn't even get married, so maybe he just died alone. <laughs> I never thought about it. You just kind of ruined Sokka's the rest of his life for me. I feel so bad <laughs> for him. I mean, he does a lot of great stuff. 
He becomes chief. I think that's about the extent of what we know about him, right? Yeah, he ha- he does have a statue in in um in Republic City, and he's holding a boomerang. <laughs> he's holding his boomerang in the statue. Uh, her prediction, Aunt Wu's predictions, in in that weird sense, do sort of turn out to be right. But like, this is this yeah. is a subject matter that's kind of like a soapbox issue to me because it, I worry about. <laughs> how people in real life i mean this is like an exaggeration but the same kind of approach to real life with some people i guess uh oh no this was uh i think it was very reflective (laughs) i think it it does it does kind of hit that and it takes things to the extreme um but like i feel this whole this whole episode there's been a lot of recent episodes where i feel for Sokka. But this one, more than anything, just the whole episode is like, oh, my Lord, somebody listen to this guy. Like, not always, but yeah. right this instant, somebody listen to him. Because I just don't I don't care for, the, like, the destiny, fortune-telling conversation, any of that stuff whatsoever. Um, or the people's reactions to it in the episode is very frustrating to me. So, But on the bright side, I, like I said, I bonded with Sokka, so that was a good thing. Yeah, so she, uh, she tells Aang's fortune, which I love this part. <laughs> <laughs> she's like all right you know we'll we'll put some bones in a fire and i'll read the, the fire will make cracks in the bones and i read them and she's looking at it she's like oh my word this never happened before like the bone starts like brilling like, up and almost explodes, explodes. And like, yeah <laughs> yeah she's like this this is incredible you will be locked in a, a tremendous fight the forces of evil versus forces of good that will decide the fate of the world and like she's building all of this up in terms of Aang's like, yeah, yeah, I know that already. But what about love? <laughs> and like just the fact that Aang finds us all, he's just very nonchalant about that stuff. He's like, you know, that stuff is gonna happen. I know that I have to face the Fire Lord one day, and I'm the Avatar, so it just comes with the territory, but This is the first time uh or not the first time. This is where I felt bad for Aunt Wu because most of the predictions she makes kind of general fortune cookie-esque right uh this one she had a real vision of something real (laughs) and important and powerful it caught her it surprised her she had a powerful vision (laughs) she didn't know the anga's avatar and it surprised her and she had to be feeling maybe not good because it's a horrifying vision or whatever but she had to have like some pride in there and then ang just whips it away like now, now, let's get back to the fortune cookie stuff. Yeah. And so then I felt exactly. really bad for Aunt Wu. She was right. That was the prediction she had that was good and right and accurate. Yeah. And this, I just felt bad for her. Sorry, Aunt Wu. I appreciated that, though. <laughs> that that Professor, hey, Harry Potter connection, that Trelawney moment where she actually has a real vision and she goes off on the creepy uh, spiel in the, um, yeah. is it the third book or the fourth book? I don't remember. I think it's the, I didn't read the books, but. I think well, uh, in the movie that I don't even know if they do it where she kind of. I think they do it. Where the she weird like lady with the glasses. Out. Yeah, and she like blanks out for a second and gives a scary yeah. prediction. That might be like the third or fourth. I can't remember, but uh, anyway, that's what it reminded me of. I like, need she to go had to a real Harry Potter binge. She had a real thing. It's about time. Uh, it's always about time. Um, but I just like she had a real powerful moment, and they just swept it under the rug. But whatever. Um, yeah. I'm here for you, Aunt Lou. Not the rest of the episode, but right there. And so... Uh, yeah, so then... Uh, yeah, go ahead. So then she does a cloud reading for um, for the village, just saying, like, all right, there's a good year for twins, <laughs> good year for crops, and the volcano 
um, that they used to send a person up there to look to see if the volcano is going to explode. But since Aunt Wu's around, she can just tell the fortune. And But she words this prediction very specifically. She says, the volcano will not harm the the town. Very bureaucratic wording of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But hey, at least she got it right, I guess. Yeah, she got it right. <laughs> um, right quote unquote, but yeah, I mean, right. Uh, and then so Aang decides uh, oh yeah so in this time frame <laughs> Ming is sort of stalking Aang because she has it's not that she has a crush on, she does have a crush on him pretty, but it's more like serious. an infatuation of like I'm gonna marry you type of type of deal <laughs> in a way that like children every kid probably went through that one point so yeah, it's relatable yeah, and and at the same time, Aang is crushing on on Katara, and then there's like this big, Aang goes to Sokka to ask for help, <laughs> or ask for advice about girls, which so- one thing Sokka has no no idea, <laughs> no real experience this. with girls anyway. Um, but uh, the only girl Sokka has ever had any type of success with is a girl that lived is a warrior chick that lived on an island mostly full of other women. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> limited choices. That's um, all I'm saying. Aang asks her what to do about Katara, but Sokka thinks he's talking about Mang. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I think she likes you too." And then Sokka's like, "Aang is like, really? And you're fine with it? Yeah, I think it's great." <laughs> and then it's funny because they never go back to that. And then Sokka tells him like, "You know what you do is, you know, what guys like you make a mistake of is that you play it, you know, you're too needy. Like you gotta play it real cool. Like you he don't just, care no, he just either way." Up says, he says you're too nice. Yeah, <laughs> he's like straightforward with it. Yeah, he's like you gotta act like you don't care about her at all. And then right at that point, Mang comes by. <laughs> and Mang says hi, Aang, and Aang's just like whatever, and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and because he really doesn't care about her and Sokka's like man that kid is good that was probably my favorite moment of the whole of the whole episode yeah. man that kid is good <laughs> and so uh, and then and one of my other favorite moments is uh <laughs> they're looking oh while they're doing the cloud readings man like hey he's talking to Aang like Aang doesn't that cloud look like um a flower or something like that maybe a, a rare panda lily and then he's like, uh, I guess so. And he just shoves her to the side. <laughs> it's like, Katara, doesn't that... And she says the same thing. Katara, doesn't that cloud look like a panda lily? And, like, I just love And I th- think their even she says something like, yeah, kind of, or something like, like, she doesn't really care that much either. She doesn't care, yeah. yeah. Well, he tried. Uh, but that was enough <laughs> encouragement for Aang to uh, go try to find this rare panda lily. Which happens to be up at the top of a volcano. Yeah. Uh, so Aang tries to go get the, the panda lily to give to uh, to Katara. The thing is, when they're climbing up the hill, Sokka's like, uh, "Flowers okay, but maybe when you're married." And like Sokka has no idea. And, and Aang's like, "No, I can feel it in my heart." And then he yeah. like cites an Aunt Wu prediction, and then like whatever she told him to make him feel better, and it just makes Sokka really mad yeah. again. <laughs> uh, so it goes up to the volcano, and he finds out that the volcano is uh, is going to erupt again. Again, 
And... Oh, not again. Just it's gonna erupt. Oh yeah, that's true. It hasn't erupted. The village is still there. So, yeah. and then they go back down, and <laughs> one of I think the funnier scenes in the in the episode, personally. Just I think the, I know what you're gonna talk about. Go but ahead. no, you go ahead. Just the just I I just mean the whole the whole village as a group, and then the. Are you at least what I'm thinking of is the science? Like, like you can predict it with your science or however yes. he says it. Yes. Yeah, he's yes, like. Yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, well, I forget what they're exactly talking about. I, yeah, I um, forget how they word it. Like, uh, <sighs> you just can't take her her he's word try- for it, and they're like, "Oh yeah," and you can explain it with your science. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Can you explain the weather with your science?" Yes. Yes, yes we can. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's almost like, like <laughs> well, I, and then the other part there is that they're like, we went and saw the volcano with our own eyes. <laughs> the, the, the original platypus bear guy is like, I heard Aunt Wu's prediction with my <laughs> own ears. Yeah, it is. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm going to get a little political here, but it's almost just like people just believing whatever they hear on 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 news without looking at actual facts it resembled a a political debate on twitter like a very safe debate behind two people whose twitter handles were also highly offensive names of some type like it's a debate between those two people it was beautiful it's beautiful (laughs) or hilarious not beautiful excuse me hilarious (laughs) is a way better word uh, so yeah, so they decide to uh, take matters with their own hand and change uh, change their cloud readings, and uh, they had to go get the book which has all the uh, this this how to decipher all of them. And uh, yeah, and they literally are up in the clouds. I went out of my way to capture this screenshot. <laughs> There's so many Harry Potter references here. Doesn't that look like the uh, like the Death Eater symbol up in the sky? Yeah. It's kind of creepy. Favorite favorite visual oh. from the episode for sure, um, but they literally maybe they got it from this, maybe um, which came. I don't think they did. I don't know which came first. Well, the book would have have the Harry Potter book would have came first, and the Harry, the book the... does describe a skull with like the snake coming in the mouth or something, but you can't visualize it. But you know, what? Uh, that's a great mm. great piece of visual imagery here. Although it was contradictory to earlier, they mentioned like, hey, that one looks like a fluffy bunny. And one of the guys like, oh, you better hope not. That signals, you know, a famine <laughs> yeah. and terror or whatever. Uh, but this is a skull. And so part of me is like, that should be backwards per the other stuff. But whatever, whatever. Mild fortune telling. Yeah. Do you ever know, I mean, Harry, Harry Potter, speaking of Harry Potter, Harry Potter sort of inspires Avatar. Like before they were pitching, um, Brian and Mike went to go talk to like some head of Nickelodeon. And they asked him like, well, what do you guys kind of want? And, he, and and there was like uh, something like maybe magic. I mean, because Harry Potter was out then. Yeah, that's what we're into. And yeah. then so, yeah. So Brian and Mike had in their head of like legends and lore. Like they they kept on thinking about that, and you know they developed their own magic system really within, within the show. It was the perfect time to bring magic to the animated small screen because that was a. Uh, I mean, that was the rage. Absolutely. So I can see that. Good connection. This episode is full of them. Um, so they put the cloud they literally make the cloud in the sky from the book after they stole it and they have to convince Aunt Wu to come out and do a second reading which I still don't really know how or why they do it but they do somehow manage to get her come back out 
Yeah, she does a second reading, which says, like, the village is now going to be... The volcano's now going to erupt. It was very specific um, again. I don't remember she, the wording, she, she but says, was, again, it was very yeah, specific. Yeah. The volcano <laughs> is going to, to go off or something, but not destroy the village. She didn't yeah, say she, that part. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then so they gather everyone to, ready, like, all right, we need to all benders to do this. I love this one smallest scene oh, of, like... yeah, it's pretty good. The, the twin's like, I'm a bender. And the twin is like, I'm not. It's like... <laughs> Well, wh- why did you even raise your hand? <laughs> There's no point to it other than that it was funny. G- and genetics. That's so. fine. You could, Those twins you could are probably gonna... honestly do do a lot of theorizing just based off that one little snippet. That... <laughs> like bending is not something genetically. I mean, there's genetics involved, of course, in bending because, you know, you got to have a waterbender lineage to have to become a waterbender but it's also all about spirituality and stuff like that like just because you guys have the same as that dna doesn't mean that one person be a bender another one person uh would also be a bender it sounds like you just accuse the non-bender twin of not being spiritual enough he's <laughs> something something going up that kid grows up to be like amon's biggest supporter <laughs> the, the non-bending Ooh, twin that's yeah we, hey, we that, made up. A, yeah, we made up our some... own avatar lore. We can we can tack in some more <laughs> fan, uh, some more fan fiction here. That's a good spot for it. Uh, but yeah, she does come out. And she it's a very specific prediction. It doesn't say the village will be destroyed or anything like that. It's like I think it's just hey, the volcano is gonna erupt. Like oh crap, they're right. <laughs> uh, but then they they all come together and they protect it. Sokka directs everybody very effectively. Um, yeah, Sokka is very effective there. Uh, and then a uh, volcano erupts before they all get out, and uh, and Aang, which I love this moment because it's one thing it just showed just what a BA Aang can be like just with the breath of air bending, he stops the whole volcano um, from <laughs> from uh, taking over the village. Which forever that village will look freaking awesome with just this huge freaking rock lava wall like, structure, yeah. yeah, lava wall like a fork. That would be kind of awesome. It's a, it's kind of a cyclone type breath maneuver too. I don't know. It does look, it looks very good. This, this whole episode is not very uh, exciting audio visually until the very end. But those last five minutes, are, there's lots of interesting stuff going on in the last quarter of the episode. And then, uh, so they do protect the village. There's still, I don't, I don't know if denial is the right word, but there's still. <laughs> Despite this traumatic experience, they're like, "Well, but Aunt Wu predicted I, the village wouldn't be destroyed." I mean, and it was really their faith is their faith is more reaffirmed now. Yes, it is becoming <laughs> like... more accurate. <laughs> and, uh, at least, hey, at least there is a good moral at the end. Very happy or a very strong moral at the end. Yeah, yeah, and the fortune teller tells them like, just as you change the clouds. You have the power to change your own destiny. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. I, it's not a moral for me because I don't believe in destiny or whatever, but it's a good way to end that episode. It's a good uh, good message yeah. to send to Aang in that respect. And then... Oh, and then and what we did notice is that... Um, well, then Katara, when oh, Aang yeah. does that huge move, I I have a th- um, oh, Sokka just offhand says, Wow, I forget what a powerful bender that kid is. Don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. Oh no, where did it go? Hold on, I'll pull it up. Whatever. I just like that scene where she's looking up at him, so I capture it there. And she's just looking up like, oh yeah. Yeah. 
Good moment. Touching. And she's like, yeah, I guess he really is. It's funny because I'm watching this episode with my daughter, like, just before we recorded. And, uh, <laughs> and then we're both like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, she marries Aang. Well, spoiler. And, <laughs> and they have three kids. <laughs> she's telling you what that is. Aang is a powerful bender. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of adorable. And then they're all walking away at the very end. <laughs> it is. End. Speaking of adorable, and they're all walking away at the very end. And I don't remember how it goes, but Mang wishes them all goodbye and wishes yeah, and Katara, Katara good luck or whatever. Like, and Katara like, calls her like, bye, Mang. Like, she has no idea what <laughs> what this girl has gone through. She has no idea what she put and this then, girl through. Yeah. And then Mang like, gives like a fake bye and then just floozy like, <laughs> it's funny to hear the word floozy like, said in a small child voice so yeah so one thing when she said floozy my daughter was like daddy what's floozy i'm like i i don't know it's just a word like it's not a nice word but it's not it's just it's like probably, i almost want to say like the truest meaning of floozy is probably not good for a small child in the yeah it's like a homewrecker right <laughs> like that's yeah yeah, a home record in a very like the intimate way. Yeah, according yeah. let's. I mean, we can look or, it up on Urban Dictionary or, real quick. Or a very um, promiscuous, maybe. I'm just gonna let's Woman? let's just Urban Dictionary. Why not? All right, floozy. Well, see how my new phone works. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, it started reading it to us, but then it stopped. A woman, a girl or woman who has a reputation for promiscuity. <laughs> oh, but Urban Dictionary. Sorry, Urban Dictionaries is different. That was the regular definition. Urban Dictionaries is more pertinent to this episode. Holy, Chris, you won't believe this. The definition of Urban Dictionary. I'm reading this verbatim. The insult that Meng from the TV show Avatar The Last Airbender mumbles under her breath as Katara walks away in the episode The Fortune Teller. That is definition nice. number one. That is the top definition. Number two, I am not going to read because it's too inappropriate. All right, it gets more inappropriate. That is the top definition on Urban Dictionary is this episode. That's fantastic. Yeah, so, so weird that she called him a floozy. The, the like, I guess definitions I mean, were more were like... Not inappropriate words, but very graphic, so I don't care to read them. But anyway, it's not a word that a small child needs to hear. Anyways, uh, funny ending. <laughs> funny ending matches the tone of the rest of the episode. Uh, before we get into yeah. ratings, we I enjoyed last time showing off uh, one of your many, uh, as you call it, your treasure trove of nerdy goods. Uh, one of your many and your favorite one this week we decided we would take a look at. So just a quick break before we go to ratings to show you this poster that you made, much like your Avatar poster, although I believe this is your first one. Is that accurate? Yeah, it was my first crack at uh, making my own uh, like poster. And this one, like like when I sent it to you, I told you this was my probably most prized possession. Like, <clears throat> I will legit never sell this. Like, someone could offer me $1,000, and I probably wouldn't sell it. I want to just like keep going up. Because... I just want to keep going up a number and see at what point you're like, oh, uh... I got kids to feed. <laughs> the thing is, I'm not. I mean, I'm not rich or anything, but I'm not like strapped for cash. Right. So, so it's like, all right, we'll um... hold on to the poster. That's fine. Yeah, and, the, and this poster means it. It means a lot to me. 
Um, but I was inspired to make this poster for two different reasons. One, I saw a poster of a bunch of black superheroes that someone that a fan art made. Um, and I really liked it and I really wanted it. I kept looking for, for internet for it all the time and I can never find it. Like the person only sold like a, um, like an eight by 17 of that poster that he had. And then also one time I went to uh, Hobby Lobby and they sell a lot of superhero stuff there. And there was this great um, metal kind of poster by Alice Ross, who's one of the greatest comic book artists ever. It's one of those like, steel, buy it. like the steel garage sign type deals. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But it was it was fairly big. Yeah, something like that. Um, I don't have any Alice yeah. Ross art up here, but Alice Ross does really realistic pictures. Um, he's one of the greatest comic book artists of all time. But uh, but on that picture, I was going to buy it. There wasn't like a single person of color on it. And I was like, I can't buy this. Like, I, I, I just don't see myself in it. So because of that, I was inspired to make my own poster. And, and uh, that's what I did. Essentially, I went and grabbed, <laughs> I did a lot of research on, on all of these people. Most of them already knew. Uh, I, I knew that I wanted to have at least, um, I, knew, I knew the main people who I wanted up front. So got Black Panther up front, who was like the greatest He's like the fir one of the first black superheroes. Um, and then we have Green Lantern and Black Lightning. Uh, Green Lantern, which is, he's one of the first black superheroes in DC. Uh, Missy Knight, Luke Cage, Vixen, Spawn, and Cyborg. And then I wanted to make sure I had Storm up top. She's one of the most popular ones, one of my favorite. And Static Shock, or just Static is his name. He's one of my favorite superheroes because he's the one I relate to the most of being like a, a geekish black kid who has plenty of diverse friends. Um, he's smart, but he's not like, sometimes they make superheroes like too intelligent for their own good, I think, to make, that makes them less relatable. Um, but he's still smart. Um, he knows a couple bad people. <laughs> like he, he's run with a couple of bad people. So he's the most relatable superhero. Um, but this took me like 30 hours to do I use a lot of you know, photo paper. It probably costs me like 150 to do. Um, Mostly so, from photo yeah, like, paper. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's yeah, sort so, of eye-opening to me as a like I'm thinking back to my younger years, and the only ones that from like cartoons at that right kind of after school time when I was at that uh, like later upper upper grade school age, not quite high school, um, Static Shock cartoon. And uh, maybe some form of Teen Titans, like Cyborg and Static, yeah. would have been the two probably most recognizable immediately to me as a not super in-depth comic book fan, but a cartoon after-school fan. So it's kind of eye-opening to me just how many there are, quite frankly, how many very visible ones there are. Yeah. And some of them aren't. Of course, they're not as well known, especially at the third row. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> um, have as many people. <laughs> like I did purposely put... Uh, there's yeah, an the organization most, the to ones. yeah there definitely is an organization i appreciate that the black ranger <laughs> is stuck in the back row <laughs> you know Poor what guy. i i i should have honestly he deserves a higher spot i just that wasn't a great picture of him um, I got you. actually that's fan art that somebody did i would say so um, even there i watched i mean a lot it, of it was power a great rangers. picture it just wasn't um i watched a lot of power rangers and i mean you see the character i know he's black i know he's a superhero ish but <laughs> i don't put him in like a, a, i don't know i never really yeah thing is he was one of the, he was one of the late additions he was one of the late additions to the to the poster, to the poster. 
just trying to think as a kid if I just even wouldn't have paid attention to that at all or what. But anyway, <laughs> it is a very fantastic poster, and you completed it probably, let me guess, four years ago, if I'm remembering right, give or take. Uh, no, it wasn't that long ago. Not that long ago? Yeah. No, it was like early 2018, I think. No, I was still at Payless. Yeah, because I just started. I just, no, I was still yeah, at I just started getting into, uh, just started getting into epoxy resin and stuff. I was still at Payless when he did this. I feel like I saw this in person. Did you? when I was still at Payless? Yeah. So it would have been. Are you sure? Like maybe early seventeen. I'm pretty positive. I have no. Nah, I have the the uh, dates on when I took this picture. No kidding. I could have sworn I'd been there, but whatever. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Does that has no effect whatsoever on the quality of the artwork <laughs> here? Um, excellent poster. Yeah. Uh, is in the upper left ish, or I guess it's more like center left, but he's in the back row. Is that an iteration of Firestorm? Yes, that is Firestorm. Okay, I went through. I had a small pile of Firestorm comics at one time. You might remember, and I read I do a remember. few of them, but it was very, very old Firestorm. Um. <laughs> like very original old iteration of firestorm even him i didn't realize that at some point he became uh, that he was a black character yeah well some of them, the the first one was white and then the second one was black and then after a while they were both it mm-hmm. like because firestorm has like two people occupying one body um so i think they kind of would alternate well it's the body or something i'm not well, if I remember, if I remember the Wikipedia, like just Wikipedia and trying to learn more about what I had, at one point there is actually multiple firestorms, not just the two consciousness in the one head, but there actually is like two nuclear yeah, men. Yeah. At no, you're right. But that was well beyond anything that I had, so I hadn't touched on that at all. But anyway, um, excellent poster. I do believe that the picture of Storm is probably my favorite individual image there. Is an excellent picture. Oh yeah, it's my, and that that was I had to cut all that out. And that was the worst thing to cut out. <laughs> it sounds terrible, but this is well worth the effort. <laughs> nice work. Well worth. I it. was gonna have like I was gonna have more interaction with the characters. Mm-hmm. I was gonna have like electricity emitting from static to storm, and then Wally West, um, the Flash to the to the right, because he electricity comes off the flashes. So I was gonna have some electricity coming off of him going into static and then storm. So it goes from flash to static to storm down to black lightning. Um, but then the rest of it wouldn't have been that interactive. <clears throat> also would have, re- would have required more artistic capability. Got you. I think, uh, well, your balance would have been all off there. All your static electricity it, and lightning it would have been off. the upper right. There, it, it, the balance would have been off because there would have been a lot of interaction on the right side. And like zero interaction on the uh, on the left side. Um, yeah, anything else you would like to finish with other than that? I know we've seen the Avatar poster um, before as well. Plans for next poster? Yeah. Uh, I don't have any plans for any other posters. I'm running out of space. <laughs> you got to get rid of some of those store-bought also, ones. That... Put up the put up the good ones. Yeah. I'm not that inspired to do anything because I was really inspired to do this and I was really inspired to do the Avatar poster because I've always wanted a poster of Avatar and just, there's one just doesn't exist. Not a good so, one, yeah. I guess I like to create stuff that don't exist. Um, well, yeah, you can't force inspiration. But, ah, excellent yeah. poster. 
And with that, let's segue into episode ratings. And I started with uh, started with yours. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, I'll visual seven and a half. Um, there's a couple things I like. It's funny, you can kind of tell that they didn't spend as much. That, I think the animation is good, especially with the fire and on Aunt Wu's face when they were given the fort- Aang's fortune. Um, I think you can tell they didn't spend as much money or, or time on this one than they did the previous one. Because like when the wind blows on this episode, like you just see like a vague like line going over the grass. Um, but like in in um in a blue spirit when the wind blows, you see like all the blades of grass blowing. <laughs> they go out of their way to show you that. Yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah. I mean, but I thought the animation was fine. I mean there wasn't no like fight scenes, but um so seven and a half. Uh and then when it comes to story, there's like like we've said before, you can place this anywhere between episode three and episode four of season two or something like that. And it would fit <laughs> anywhere just about you go. Anywhere in the Earth Kingdom it would be just fine. <laughs> yeah. Which is good. You need a couple of those episodes. Uh, uh, but it does plant a little bit more of the seed of Katara and Aang being together. But honestly I didn't need that planted. Like I knew that from the beginning and and it's, it's uh reinforced more in future episodes in such a much better way. Uh, then just like, oh, oh, your fortunes that you're marrying, like that's kind of cliche and and uh, I don't know, just kind of shallow. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I went through all these same things you did, and I kept having to tell myself, like, oh, maybe kids just like a real, like your daughter, would she have picked up on Katara and Aang in the same way without like one of those episodes slapping you in the face a little bit? I don't know, maybe not. I, th- I think by this point, if you're if you're a kid you probably don't get that until maybe this episode so yeah that's good maybe it's a valid I, point i didn't let it factor into my score too much but it just no it didn't matter mine. yeah oh well <laughs> what's done is done uh, it's comes on memorable. paper <laughs> i almost gave this a seven and a half i did send you a seven and a half on this but i just found this episode so hilarious like i'm just laughing out loud with my daughter watching this episode um and then of course i love the part where ang actually uh, saves the volcano. I think it was a great moment. I always look for that. That's one of those special moments, I think, in a show. Um, but there's a lot of special moments all throughout. But so gave that an eight. That totaled up to a very healthy seven point six. Yeah. <clears throat> no, uh, nothing wrong with that score. All right, before I get started, it's not that I think it's a bad <laughs> episode. I just have to iterate. I just don't uh, reiterate. I just don't really care for the subject matter in the show. It's kind of a touchy soapbox thing for me. And uh, that impacted <laughs> my ratings a little bit. And I'm sorry for that. But here they are. Audio visual. <laughs> I mean, that's not that bad. 6.5 because I, I maintain that through three quarters, three quarters of the episode, there's very little exciting music or, or ambient, ambient sound or anything. Uh, the last quarter of the episode, it gets very good. But up to that point, there's not much to look at or listen to or anything. So six point five. Uh story, they're again kind of the same lines as you. You can stick it anywhere. There's kind of a nice beginning to end standalone story here, but even then it's not the most exciting. It's very cut and dried. Hey, Aang sings a village of people that we'll never hear about again, and then it moves on. So same things that you said. Uh I think maybe if you're if you're a very young child you need this, but at a certain point even kids are probably like, Duh, I know that's gonna happen. So it's just it's it's there, it's fine. And 
I bumped the story up, not that it factors into uh, into it all that much, but when I was thinking of the comedy, the good pieces of the comedy, that's what lifted it up higher for me. Like I might yeah. have had it lower, uh, but since we don't have a comedy segment, I'll put that in story quality. The memorable <laughs> is my most harsh one, and I have a valid reason for this. Uh, there's a very there's a very valid reason for this first of all uh, i knew that we had just done the blue spirit and i just watched the whole disc each each dvd has four episodes on it and when i watched the blue spirit for the last time we did it i watched the whole disc i could think of the other episodes on the disc all three of them i couldn't think of this one couldn't remember why it was important anything and then even when i even when i put it in and I knew what episode it was. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember now. I watched this like a week ago, but when I put it in today, I was like, how did they stretch this into a full 20-minute episode or 22 minutes? Like, <laughs> I, I know what happens this episode, and I can tell you in like five seconds. Yeah. How did they turn it into a yeah, full? Yeah, that's true. And so there's, uh, while there is some good scenes, there is some good individual pieces of comedy. Um, I really I really did like the last quarter of the episode. I can't say it enough. It's very exciting, very well done um, I don't even know if it's five minutes. It might be more like three minutes. Uh, but overall, it just—I I literally couldn't remember why it was important or what happened. It just feels very stretched out. So, there again, it's not horrible. Uh, it's, it's just not that good to me. Six point four. That's probably a lower total than I would want to give it because that ends up pretty low on my list, and I didn't really mean it to. But it just—I don't know. It doesn't hey, do a lot. It's for all. Me doesn't do a lot for me but anyway it still comes out to a seven which um that's probably a little below average for our episodes uh but not bad by any means yeah. nothing wrong with a good seven that's a passing grade that uh, passed a lot of classes with 70s <laughs> and so yeah in conclusion <laughs> in conclusion when sean thinks that you're stretching out stuff to fill time he doesn't remember it no uh in conclusion it does have a nice i think it does come with kind of a nice moral at the end, at least within the scope of the TV show. I love that she tells him, hey, you can change your own destiny. You know that. I don't. I, I think it's funny that he doesn't consider it the other way. Like, she gave him this spiel about following his heart for love. And then at the end, he's just thinking about being the Avatar. And she's like, you can change your destiny. And nobody stops to consider, like, well, maybe he doesn't have to fall in love with Katara. He could go fall in love with whoever he wanted. Um <laughs> I don't, there's just... Oh, there's a random part. <laughs> there's another random funny part when uh, I mean, it's not that funny. I just like it at the beginning of the episode when Aang makes the jewelry for her. Uh, Saga says, "Well, when you're not, you know, if you weren't saving the world, you could probably open up a jewelry shop." And Aang is like, "I don't see why I can't do both." <laughs> I don't know why. The the shoes part where the guy talking to Sokka is like, yeah, Aunt, Ru, Aunt Wu predicted when I met the love of my life, yeah. I'd be wearing these shoes. And he's like, and how many days, times have you worn them since? He's like, every day. Every day. Well, of course you're going to be wearing those shoes. Yeah, and they're just, it's it's full of stuff like that. That's, like I said, this, maybe it's not that it developed Sokka's character a lot, but of all the episodes, I personally connected with Sokka the most in this one. I felt so bad for him. When, they, when he's like and when he's defending science i was just like yeah <laughs> man i'm sorry buddy there again it's exaggerated like it's blown out of the water but we have to remember there's still a certain amount of that battle kind of being fought in real life but whatever whatever um <laughs> different different perspectives different topic and i'm not i don't like to get political or philosophical 
on the internet. So anyway, nothing wrong with this episode. It is funny. Uh, I never thought of like watching it with your daughter. She probably thought it was hilarious. Um, easy to see why lots of good, oh, yeah. good comedy pieces here. Oh, she would be rather watching Cora. So, well, yeah, of course, of course. What six year old girl wouldn't rather watch Cora than, than Avatar. Yeah. So oh, we had, we had a great weekend of just full on girl power. I think we watched, um, we, we watched Moana. She likes that. And I like that. I mean, maybe my wife likes that. I think she just likes the music. I don't think she's actually sat down and watched the movie. But watched Moana. I'm iffy. I'm then we Moana. watched uh, Wonder Woman movie. Although it was more so like me watching it and she watched parts of it. Um, and I forget that that movie has more violence in it than I think it's a true. Yeah. I mean, I would have been fine. I watched I watched Batman 89, you know, <laughs> when I was five. Killing a guy with the back of his Batman. <laughs> Exactly, like blowing up factories with people in it. Um, Batman does. But like, there's kill. a scene where like, <laughs> yeah, a scene where like they shoot people with bone arrows. My daughter's like, they got arrows in them. Like that's not nice. I'm like, they're fine. Um, Just bad. And then we watched. Honey, they're gonna be okay. Um, yeah, and we watched the new Shira show on Netflix, uh, which I like. That actually, I wish we would have watched that today. Yeah, uh, and then we also watched uh, Legend of Korra. So that's I'm glad that my daughter has. Power. Yeah, that's good, awesome shows things that we didn't like purposely set out to have like a girl power weekend which is what we were watching it i mean and your interests were pretty well aligned there nothing wrong with that uh it's funny you say that because the last movie that i watched was last night i watched up with my wife and i always forget how like heart-wrenching that movie is <laughs> like it's up it's a disney movie it's happy it's goofy it's kind of silly it's like, no the first 10 minutes of that movie, I, I cried like three times, I think. <laughs> it breaks my heart so many times over. What a powerful I movie. Think I've only seen that movie actually once. I I do not believe that anyone would argue that it is like an extremely high quality. Is it Pixar? I think it's Pixar, right? It's it is Pixar, Pi yeah. It is Pixar. I don't think anybody would ever come out and say, yeah, this is one of Pixar's best. But it might be one of Pixar's most emotional. It is a um pretty emotionally i think it's movie. it it sometimes i wouldn't say it's cheap emotion because it's good the first 10 minutes is amazing no doubt about it but then i think the quality just goes downhill from there it like, does they, they they start off too high the 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 emotion that hits you at the beginning of the movie there's nothing else that that really matches yeah. or even yeah. Maybe not even the emotion. Well, well, definitely the emotion. But even after that, just that first big chunk of I think time. Even the like, storytelling. I always. I think, I think the first ten minutes is better than the movie as a whole. Yeah, I think so too. Even just, I always picture the scene where he is on the motorized staircase chair thing, right? So, mm -hmm. like, uh, spoiler alert: his wife has died. It's not a spoiler. It happens in the first ten minutes. <laughs> Um, so his wife is dead and you see him get up out of bed and they, they do such a great job of expressing all this man's just the sort of pains and drag of day-to-day -day life for, for him in his position. And I just always picture that scene where he's going down the motorized chair stair step thing. And there's just so much, they fit so much into so little. And then you're right after that, it does, it, it tails off and becomes more of just a, not a generic Pixar, but just an average Pixar uh, story. No, it's a very generic Pixar story. It's, like it is. You have these very... two people who don't get along at first. Yeah, and they got to find some common ground. And I mean, it's that very is goofy. Toy Story, and it's Pixar that is Finding approach. Nemo, yeah. 
That is, that's all, that's every Pixar. An unconventional (laughs) skin on a Pixar story. But like I said, I will say it is one of the most, most emotional Pixar movies for sure. It gets me every time. Ah, I don't cry. Coco gets me every time. What's that? What'd you say? Coco gets me every time. Well, of course. That, that's, uh, that's emotional in like a dark, deeper theme way. Like love, not that love is superficial or anything like that, but there's different, different (laughs) types of emotion. I don't I don't cry during movies, but as a child, not very often at least. I do sometimes. Not very often. Uh but as a child I remember I one of the first I don't movies. mind saying that I cry during movies. I just don't I don't watch a lot of emotional movies because it ain't my style. Uh so I don't do it very often. But I remember as a child I watched Angels in the Outfield and when Al <laughs> tells the kid that Mel Clark is gonna die, I shed a tear. Like this I'm a small child. I was probably six or seven. I was like, Mom that guy just said that Mel Clark is going to die. <laughs> and my mom didn't quite get where I was coming from, like as a kid trying to put your mind around somebody being told they're going to die. Like that just, I don't know, that's a weird, scary prediction. But I don't know if mom got it right away what I was getting at because I remember her kind of passing it off like, oh, well, he's not a real person, honey. <laughs> like he's just a, that's not what I meant. Like what? <laughs> they just, yeah. the angel just told Joseph Gordon-Levitt that one of his friends was going to die, and he's just like, oh, well, I just got to deal with that now. <laughs> I just got to have that information. What am I supposed to do with that information? <laughs> and so I shed a tear during That's the first time I can remember crying during a movie. I probably did before that because I was a baby. I don't remember, yeah, I don't remember the first time I cried during a movie. But... I'm, I'm going to assume mom and dad yeah. always say my very first movie was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, like in a theater. Was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I know exactly. I would have been very, very young, so I'm certain that I cried, but for different reasons. Uh, I was told that I saw Lion King in theater. I don't remember seeing it in theater, but the first movie I remember seeing in theater was Ace Ventura: Pet Detective Two. <laughs> Were you a little young to be in and that movie at that time? Probably. The thing is, did you sneak so into that movie my, my at dad, age seven? No. <laughs> my dad, who doesn't like movies, like took me and my sister. I have four older sisters, and the other two were busy doing something with my mom. They had to go uh, go to the doctor or something. So my dad took me and my youngest sister, who's older than me, to the movies, and he went to go take us to see Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and. That's 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 the first memory. That's like one of my probably one of my most cherished memories. Even though I don't remember really how the movie, how I, how I liked the movie. I just remember that being my first movie going experience. Well, I I mean I can't remember going to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I was zero years old. Uh, <laughs> trying to think of my first movie memory. Uh, we went to the movies every year with school. Like that was a school trip type thing. As we would all go to the movies and pack in that small nice. theater. It's like a Prince of Egypt or something like that. Um, I can't really remember. But Great movie. Um, Great yeah, animation. Uh, Great soundtrack. Underappreciated movie, I think, in hindsight. Uh, that, was, that was one of DreamWorks' first big movies. I, I think it was even, their first big movie. I could not have even movie. told you that was DreamWorks. I totally forgot it was them. I thought it was, uh, I, I don't know, I just kind of had a generic animation <laughs> company in my mind, I guess. Generic animators. And, <laughs> yeah. Good talk. Well, that's a, just... Uh, this this conclusion turned into the history of <laughs> us attending movies. Very uh, that's tangential. Right. It was, it's very nostalgic, and uh, we're getting to a time of year where we're supposed to be nostalgic and grateful for things, so it fits right in. 
uh, in a tangential way. I'm the anti-nostalgia critic. One of these days, if we become big enough, which won't happen, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I wanna... not with that attitude. Just <laughs> wait till you get us on iTunes. Right, that's true. <laughs> I want to have like a a review off with the nostalgia critic, nostalgia critic versus the objective geek. It'll just be, I don't know. The difference <laughs> between the nostalgia critic and us is that guy has a team. That is true. He has, <laughs> he a, has a team. You have a phone, and I have a seven-year-old desktop. <laughs> that guy has a team. <laughs> we can try real hard, though. I don't want to. I don't want to discourage uh, us. We can aim and, for the stars. And that's like his job. That is right. That's what he does. You you come home to children <laughs> from another job. I don't have an excuse, but you do. Um, <laughs> I come home to the dog. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, that concludes the uh, that concludes the longest conclusion ever. But hey, that was great. Love reliving yeah. those memories and sharing my tears of movies with other people. Thank you for tuning in. Next week, I can't remember. It'll be pretty crazy coming up on the holidays because lots of holiday parties and things like that. Uh, but we'll try to fit something in within the next two weeks. At the very least, my goal is to try to squeeze in two more before Christmas. That's okay. my goal. Uh, whether or not that happens. The next episode, I think the next couple of episodes are some of my least favorite. They're not so, great. Uh, this is a. Uh, this is. Oh not... wait, no, no, no. The next, the, the, they're not. Hey, my, they're not my favorite Aang moments, but the next episode is probably, possibly, I'm not sure if it is or not, but it's one of my least favorite episodes. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was. I just remember when I went through the whole disc, um, I really only enjoyed one episode, like truly enjoyed one episode on it. So you're right, not not great, but that's all right. We'll get them in before Christmas, even if we have to cheat and stuff them in together, but we'll make it work. Right. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for coming by. Chris, thanks for calling over. We will talk to you all next time.